This is GamesAtWork.biz, your weekly podcast about gaming, technology, and play. Your hosts are Michael Martin, Andy Piper, and Michael Rowe. The thoughts and opinions on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests alone and are not the opinions of any organization which they have been, are, or may be affiliated with. This is episode 369, Aras by Any Other Name. Afternoon, Michael Rowe here on Friday, having the time of my life because I'm getting to talk tech with my friend and co-host Michael Martin. Michael, how are you? Hey, doing fantastic. Thank you so much. One co-host, at least, anyway. Uh, we're we're missing another co-host who is uh, traipsing around a little bit, but yes, um, having a good time, I hope. Yeah, a t- time of his life too. Uh, exactly. Right? See what I did there? See, yeah. see that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, just as long as no one kind of catches me and puts me up in the air, you know, as we're dancing yes. across the room, that'd be, that'd be rough. Um, boy, uh, we've got all kinds of good fun stuff and links and stories and whatnot to talk about today. And I'd say, let's get right to it. Uh, lead it. off, lead off article from cult of Mac is one about, um, a rumor, I guess it's a rumor that the AR VR headset from Apple has been experienced by Apple's board of directors. Well, what's what's really exciting about this rumor to me is um, evidently there were some early versions that were shown back in 2016 to the board. Whoa. Uh, and, and they showed uh, to the board very recently, like this spring, which tells me, uh, you know, something's coming up in a couple of weeks that I'm going to take a, a week off for. Uh, there might be a developer kit available is what i'm thinking is what i'm thinking oh uh it would be kind of cool to get a new piece of uh kit to play around with and uh spend my summer consuming new apis and um ar kit and other aspects of apple's uh swifty um development space so yeah i'm i'm excited and, and i don't know if you've noticed uh but um I've been uh, I've been doing the hundred days of Swift challenge. I have, uh, which is a your which day is a eleven class. today. Oh no, day twenty. Day twenty. Day twenty. Oh my goodness! Uh, I started on the first day of the month to make it easy. <laughs> that, well, that that certainly helps. Um, and and so the basic idea here is, you know, I've been using Swift pretty much since it came out uh, for my apps. But I I learned it by just doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I I didn't learn Swift by going through any you know, I took little things that got me into stuff. And so this is a 100-day course, an hour a day, taking you through the ins and outs of Swift. And there's another one, and these are both free, called 100, 100 Days of Swift UI. And I've been doing Swift UI for a couple of years now, too. Uh, and uh, this, uh, this 100 Days of Swift UI... You could, in theory, do it without doing the Swift one because it starts with some of the Swift stuff up front. Uh, but I figured it would be a good kind of refresher. I like to learn. I like to figure out how to learn. Um, and uh, Paul Hudson, uh, who is the Hacking with Swift guy, uh, has, uh, has a really good teaching style. Uh, hmm. And there's... Uh, reading code is hard. Right? It can be really easy, but it can be really hard. Computers so, have a good time with it, though. 
Yeah. Um, each day, when you're learning new stuff, there's a whole bunch of, you know, anywhere between three and 15 different topics in that one hour. And at the end of every topic, you get a little quiz. And at the end of the day, you get a big quiz. So, um, and instead of asking you specifically about a piece, a topic piece, right. it'll be this code prints out a result true or false. And then the code examples will be an A and a B example, or which one tr prints out uh, a, a result, right, or whatever. Mm. Um, we'll have not only one of the concepts that you specifically learned that day, but also previous concepts from other parts, including syntax errors, or you know just minor changes that you actually have to take the time and read the code with all the knowledge you've gained in order to then answer the question correctly. It's not an obvious, well, obviously, you know, that one has a return statement and this one doesn't, so that one's it, right? Right. Uh, the other thing that he does, which is really nice, uh, is repetition over time. So you get more over time. But uh, all of that being said, I'm really excited about WWDC coming up soon. Uh, no, I did not apply to get the come to Cupertino and sit inside the ring and watch the keynote. Uh, I, I plan on you know, fully remote again this year, uh, but uh, maybe next year, exciting stuff. And AR kit, you know, virtual reality, mixed reality headset, maybe, maybe, getting kind of excited. So in your in your 100 days of Swift, are you already at AR kit? examples there or is that day 38? not on day 20 yeah <laughs> uh we're we're in matter of fact because the 100 days of swift was created before the 100 days of swift ui mm -hmm. the 100 days of swift is including things like storyboards oh okay. which you don't use anymore in swift ui mm -hmm. uh so yeah it's i'm i'm uh, in the second um write this application over the course of three days and here's some things you need to focus on in each section. Okay. So, so I'm, I'm curious about the, the test environments or the quizzes there too. So are you in the Swift IDE and you've got to be the human parser or is it just nope. text and you're like, got to go figure it out or do you copy paste it into your environment well, and then like, Oh, look, if, the errors if, are if here. You copied and pasted it into the environment, into the Xcode environment or yeah. into uh, playgrounds, you would get the answer immediately. Mm hmm. So that's that. That yes, you could do that. That's cheating. <laughs> I see. Okay. Uh, you're you're trying. I'm trying to learn the, some of the concepts that I missed. I right? see. By actually just doing the coding over the years, instead of actually you know learning the underlying whys of some of the. Okay. No, that that makes sense. And I just was was thinking my way through this because I did similar similar things last year within the uh, Kiskit environment and. Oftentimes, it's just really annoying to find the small syntax errors, right? Misplaced commas and this and that and the other. And it's like, those are not easy things to go find. And shoot, that reminds me of back again, learning languages in the first place, mm -hmm. where here's a German sentence and it has five errors in it. Good luck finding them. <laughs> well, these the every question is one and is one question, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and there'll be one error. Uh, or 
it'll just be no, right? It doesn't, right? Because if you follow the logic, so, so it could be a logic thing where if you follow the logic, uh, the if else will run the else path, not the if path, right? Uh, and therefore it won't print on the screen, hello world. Right. But in order to interpret that answer, you have to understand, you know, how were the variables set up? How, uh, what methods are being called or, 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 or whatever. I'm, I'm making that up, obviously. Uh, but I, I really like, I, I really like what he's doing with the, the reput- repetition and reinforcement over time. So. so. So before we leave the Apple examples, uh, there's a Bloomberg report that it, this article from Mac cult of Mac referenced that mm-hmm. said that they're referring to the operating system as ROS as opposed to yes. iOS or Mac OS or TV OS. Yeah. So, I think that was leaked out uh, a while back to uh, in, uh, I want to say an iOS 13 build uh, ROS stood for reality OS. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So uh, not a surprise, not a surprise. And, but you know, kind of cool. You got to have something to refer to so that you know what to call it. So it'll be interesting to see if this becomes reality and if you have an opportunity to uh, uh, do what you did, like with the Mac Mini and and get the yeah, initial the, the, version uh, of the, the M1. The developer chip. transition kit, yeah. as they called it. Yep, yep. Yeah. And then have to send it back in afterwards, too, so that you could uh, then turn around and use that to purchase the real thing, which also oh, be really yeah. cool. I'm, I'm looking forward. I. Uh, I'm hoping the answer is yes, but we'll find out only a couple of weeks. Sweet. So next article, which kind of reminds me a lot of the way you might expand uh, the Apple version. Uh, Qualcomm has got some glasses that are thinner <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and wireless too. So um, they're, they're all using the Snapdragon chip here. And I've been seeing... Look at those of, chamfered edges. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> And 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 uh, the material, you know, and the the seams, but um, aluminium. This the the Snapdragon chip I've been seeing here showing up in a couple of different places. Interesting that it's here. Interesting also that it's being used for less expensive um, headphones, wireless headphones, to be able to up the audio quality. So kudos to the Snapdragon team for seeing their chips used in lots of different places. But for these glasses, um, the design that they're showing here look pretty slick to me. Um, they are certainly a, a look lighter and thinner. It looks like the the way that you would wear them and and the the ability to hang on to them and have them on your face for a long amount of time is is good. And from just a design perspective, they're not as uh, Ski goggles, this ski gogglesy, ski goggles. <laughs> well, to, to me, they they are still a bit uh, lab tech designed, right? Yeah. Uh, and and I know they're they're just the wireless reference or the tethered reference design. So the likelihood of you actually seeing an individual consumer product that looks like this is probably lower than than expected, uh, because this is kind of in order to say you support this. Uh, augmented reality, mixed reality headset design platform. Yeah. platform. This you, you must have these characteristics, right? Uh, you're going to have the two cameras on the right and the left of the eyes, right? You're going to have some sensor in the center. You're going to have certain uh, resolution you need to cover, uh, certain thickness here and there, right? Um, from that point perspective, I think they actually, I agree. I think they look really good. What I'm looking forward to is 
what do the manufacturers who leverage this platform turn it into? I, I, I agree. And, and a good bit of that is going to be what can the chipset support? Yeah. So th- there was a fun phrase in this particular article that talked about motion to photon latency so that as you're moving your head around, which you're going to do, and the augmented reality um, imagery that is either anchored to something like a desk in front of you or uh, to an object that might be moving, that you can actually see those things stay together without without causing... <laughs> The discontinuity really between what you see and what you are being shown to see because you can break the spell super easily if you're like oh i move my head you know normally and all of a sudden the thing that was on the desk kind of jitters around well yeah i mean there's there's two aspects of that right there's one which is the stickiness right can i identify a mount point for that ar object to sit somewhere and stay there and two as you say the jitteriness which says as I'm moving and it's having to refresh and maintain that point, is there enough horsepower in the in the CPU exactly to do the refresh to not cause the? Yep. But very cool. I I do think it's it's getting more and more exciting to. You know, we talked last week of uh, my uh, Google Glass headset. <laughs> yep. Uh, and uh, this is this is. What a decade away, a decade later. Yeah, I know it's funny, or huh? Pretty close to that. Well, I'm trying yeah. to remember where I got it. Was it 2013 or I think it, almost a decade? I think it was 2013 or 2014 when Glass came out. We're supposed to have flying cars by now, right? Yeah, what's up with that? Well, <laughs> so the folks over at Zoom have not been resting on their laurels, um, as we saw from a tweet that our friend Ian pointed us to from Mal Burns. So apparently, um, Zoom is now have something that they're calling the mini metaverse, uh, or maybe not they're calling it that, right? Uh, Miniverse. Miniverse. Um, from, uh, from the concept around Zoom and Zoom breakout rooms and the visual interpretation of where things are. And Michael, the, the thing that this made me think of almost immediately is the work that we did some years ago that we were talking about Flatland and the like of being yep, able yep. to be in a virtual environment and see other groups talking about something of interest, right? So it's bird, birds of a feathers table. It's like, oh, yep. they're talking about something interesting. How about I go over there? Yeah, and and, and you know, Zoom Zoom has had breakouts before, right? right. They've uh, had them for a long time. Yeah, and and so so is WebEx and other tools like that. Um, the uh, the the breakout visualization, I think, is is what's new, yep. which is interesting, right? And you know, if as a meeting administrator, uh, I can set these up and and I can flag the topic, uh, that's one thing. What would be really interesting, and I, I didn't see this in the article well enough, would be if the topic would automatically surface based off of the conversation. Yeah, and as, as the conversation changed, could it yeah. dynamically do that too? Mm-hmm. Some kind of classifier that says, hey, it looks like you're talking about writing a letter. Here's Clippy. He can help you. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. So, so this, this kind of collaboration, they're calling it collaboration mode. And I can see there's hooks into things like Willow and Miro. Yeah. And we played with some of those environments before. I remember many different examples over the years that you and I played with Mm -hmm. where you'd set up an office building basically, and you, you could sit at your desk and you could have you could hear what's around it. You could close the door and you wouldn't hear. Uh, people could come in and join you in your little office space uh, and do a conversation that way. Or, like I said, if the door's closed, they could not join you. Things of that nature. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I like this idea. Again, it's really about visualization. Right. Um, and, and letting people know what's going on. Uh, speaking of, vis- of visualization, and I don't have a link to it, but I saw it earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the design of the new Google, the new Google ad uh, office in, outside, in Silicon Valley? 100% sustainable, huge open, oh, all solar panels on yeah, the roof, kind of yeah, like a tent-looking yeah. design. I, I, I did see that. It reminded me of there's there's a couple of buildings uh, on the Danube in Budapest that are kind of sort of a little bit like that, too. So, yes, Yeah, I've I, seen I a lot of buildings it. like that in Europe and, and yeah. airports. Mm-hmm. You know, smaller airports kind of look like that. <laughs> right, right. And I was just thinking that, look, that, that downward-looking view of seeing, you know, these are where the cluster of people are, mm-hmm. right? Well, I, I was also interested in what I saw coming in from from Zoom recently too. That they're expanding, of course, their their offering set and suite. So as opposed to being only video collaboration, um, mm-hmm. they're extending now into things like uh, I think there's something called a Zoom whiteboard or something like that, which yeah, takes yeah, yeah, yeah. you a little bit more toward the direction of mural or you know other other elements like that and webex well teams right exactly they're they're all starting to blend together and i can just imagine you know teams is basically doing slack like features right yeah plus webex like features plus collaboration features webex started as meetings added collaboration over the years uh you can now maintain um state of chats and stuff right Mm -hmm. uh so you start seeing them all kind of Saying, well, if I'm providing a way of communicating for teams, how do you communicate? I communicate through collaboration. I communicate through chats. I communicate through video. I communicate through, you know, facial gestures, uh, you know, whatever. And all of that together becomes the domain space that we're talking about for this market. Yeah. It's kind of like I'm a travel company. No, I'm I sell horse and buggies, right? Well, it, it is, and and it it also strikes me as if if there are fantastic tools out there, and you're able to share a screen, you're giving a sort of a portal onto somebody else's glass to go do that. Uh, that that already that part is the killer app right there. You know, I, I don't need to be on that same platform if I'm watching, right? And I'm yeah, doing that yeah, experience. Good point. So I, th- that that part of me kind of strikes me as all right. Uh, as that level of convergence and interoperability happens. How does how does that fit into a three D internet metaverse kind of a structure? Because you have the same sort of thing there, right? We're in that virtual office building you just talked about. Um, you know, can I project on the wall a a whiteboard from Zoom or Mural or Webex or 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 and be able to interact there and and I'm, without I'm it being to... being the oh I can do a presentation in in the in the virtual world isn't that lovely right <laughs> it, it, it's interesting I saw uh, there was a TV show uh, that we've been watching um, Good Sam or something like that it's a medical drama mm-hmm. 
and uh, you know, crazy stuff happens. Blah blah blah. People have heart problems and surgery, etc. Anyway, that's not the important part. The important part was um, there was a couple that were supposed to have their wedding the next day. And she had some major heart thing that they had to test, and it turned into open heart surgery. Oh, no. And they couldn't have the wedding. Um, and so they took them into the virtual room because they were going to go see the poppies for, as their wedding. It was a destination wedding. So oh. they took them into the virtual room, and it was poppies everywhere and everything. And and um, uh, I could tell that they didn't have a big budget <laughs> because it 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 really looked like someone took a... Um, a picture? A picture. A, 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 a video projector and just projected poppy fields on three cameras uh, on three walls including over the top of some of the actors <laughs> so for the VR room you could see like stuff on their face where the where the camera was Super catching the, and... yeah <laughs> Oh, but funny. I mean, it was a great idea, and you can imagine that as as a way of immersion and providing sure. that presentation. Um, and if I'm doing a collaborative space and we want to do uh, some work around uh, joint design, having a virtual collaborative space where we both can see it in real time with my you know Qualcomm glasses or my Apple mixed reality things, and maybe we're teaching people and doing education around that, you can see that all coming together in something like uh, you know this article. Uh, with the Virtual Worlds Education Consortium. Yeah, exactly. Nice, nice segue. That worked out pretty well. Um, it's a long I, walk. <laughs> yeah, but still, you know, that's what segues are for. You ride them. and yep. <laughs> so, I, Actually, they're a lot I don't, quieter because, you know, they're, they're electric. But <laughs> <laughs> Boogie, oogie, oogie. Um, I don't know much about the Virtual Worlds Education Consortium. Um, but what I did like about the tweet that I saw here was a couple of things. They first referenced Second Lifetime. I thought that was fun. Yes. And, oh, it's been a while since I've seen that time zone. Yeah. And I and I also loved the, um, the location for teleporting. So they've got the maps locale in mm-hmm. Second Life. So you can click straight through. And teleport directly there, which I thought yep. was also fun. I, I went ahead and did that so I could see, oh, which island are they on? What's going on? So, um, what's what's the story with this? Do you do you know more about it? What, what uh, I, I just I literally saw it a few minutes before we started the show. Uh, it was a tweet from two days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember the Virtual Worlds Education Consortium from back in the day. I think they've been around for some time. Uh, you know, and and the whole idea of looking at. You know, how do you bring people together for education? Yep, yep. Right? That was one of the, the initial use cases we talked about, gosh, 14 years ago. <laughs> no, sorry, 16 years ago <laughs> uh, in the in the Second Life days. Um, and uh, it's still a need. And, again, talking about building blocks, we've talked about multiple of them today already. Mixed reality headsets collaborative tools, visualization, all of that coming together. And I think it kind of goes back to this outgrowth of need of we've got virtualized people around the globe who need to come together for some specific purpose. And we're getting closer and closer to do that in a way that's much more immersive than the last two years sitting on uh, WebExes and Zoom calls. Yeah, uh, cer- certainly the case. And, you know, <laughs> I, I guess just scrolling down through this, uh, so many of the replies to this announcement are uh, crypto and NFT, uh, what appear to be bots, you know, that are yeah. sharing, <laughs> hey, look at my thing. I'm a bot. 
I'm a bot. Come, 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 come here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brother. All right. Yep. Um, well, well, let's let's get to something maybe you know even more um, more personal, more wearable, and that's the six colors article we have on the Apple accessibility preview that yes. is just ahead of was this Thursday? Was this this week? It was this week. It, Global it was this week, Accessibility yeah. Awareness Day, G A A D. Yeah. So so and I've I've heard about this in multiple places. I just I, I like. Uh, I like the six color site for some of these write-ups. They tend to be pretty good. Um, and uh, again, thinking about pulling it all together. So most of us, uh, or most people, don't think about accessibility features, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, you know I can see, or you know I don't have you know uh, some issue that that's addressed by these. But you know if you live long enough, you're probably going to need some of these features anyway. That's one thing. But the more important thing, which is so exciting to me, is the type of features they bring forward here are really two that I want to talk about. One is object detection through their um, feature that allows uh, low vision individuals to walk around with an iPhone and have it identify how to go someplace, including using text recognition and text-to-speech capabilities to provide them information on signs. So the example here is uh, someone walking, looking for a coffee shop. And it says, you know, there's a coffee shop. It's, you know, it's up ahead. Um, The door is closed. You need to push this door to open it. It gives them that information. So there's a classifier and a recognizer to say, what is the type of door? Which way is it facing? How do I open it? And, oh, by the way, I've analyzed the text on the door, and it is, you know, the uh, muffin to write home again. uh, Nothing Muffin to write home about bakery. So you, you found the right location, right? So so all of that are precursor technologies to improvements in mixed reality. Of course. If you think about it, object recognition, yep. text recognition, uh, classifiers, all this stuff is really important. And then the other thing to kind of tie us in with the Zoom article uh, um, and the collaborative mode, mm-hmm. you know, is they're, they're giving you the ability, or they will give you the ability, these are previews, uh, to mirror your Apple Watch on your iOS device. Oh yeah, I've read about that somewhere. In real time, so you too. can actually mm-hmm. control it. So again, if you're a low vision individual, um, or or you know, some of us shake <laughs> and touching things on the screen is really hard on an Apple Watch because the screen's too small, but you can do it easily on an iPhone, right? Yeah. Um, so, so these quote accessibility features really improve the user experience technology across the board and are all, I believe, foundational to what we need for a successful launch of a mixed reality head. I, I, I love the way you put that, Michael, because I, I think it's um, many accessibility features I've always thought about as people features, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it isn't necessarily the case that you need closed captioning because you're hard of hearing. Closed captioning is super helpful if you are trying to parse a, uh, a, an accent you're not used to, right? You or know. or if you're in a really loud place or, and you're yeah. you're following a meeting and you can't hear the people, not because you're hard of hearing, just because it's loud. Yeah. You put it on mute and you read the screen. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and it's those those sorts of things that wind up being helpful for people in general 
and the exposure and use cases that are developed then turn into something that is rather incredible afterwards. Um, I've learned about some uh, really incredible American sign language capabilities that uh, operate in this fashion, right? To, Mm -hmm. to help you identify and do that kind of translation and learning that go along with it. Um, This particular article I thought was really intriguing too, about for folks that are, that are hard of hearing um, the notion around customization and sound recognition. Um, Yes. So those examples of, Hey, there's a siren or glass shattering or something like that. uh, It might be worth you know, uh, drawing your attention to that, um, that kind of uh, alert coupled with the security and privacy of handling that on your device, right? Yeah, I, I remember years really ago, I remember years ago seeing a demonstration, a research team in Japan that was recognition using a mobile device mm-hmm. of walking into a movie theater getting directed around, being able to interact with a cash terminal, right? A payout terminal, et cetera. All of this with basically no vision. Uh, And so, again, those features become very powerful because it did things like recognition of what's around, reading reading the signs out loud, et cetera, um, all become, as I say, foundational elements. And I know we are close to time. Exactly. We have so much more to talk about. So, so we, we just need to touch on things super fast and get yeah. out of Dodge, don't we? Um, yeah. There's a link that we're lo- leaving the show notes around theater ears, which harkens back, haha, harkens to last <laughs> week and the conversation there around enjoying movies in your language. Yep. Uh, yep check yep. that out. Really cool. Um, we've got a fun game that harkens back also to last week about Transformers, the tactical <laughs> arena. Yeah, that's a that's a uh, Apple uh, arcade game. Yep. Uh, so if you're a subscriber, that's uh, a free game. Yeah, and there's a lot of games like this, right? It's basically kind of a two person tower defense attack each other game. Yeah, exactly. And and I think the thing that we can land on here uh, and end with is mm-hmm. uh, something we end on every one of our episodes. Longtime listeners know this: uh, the sound of dice rolling. And uh, <laughs> our our friend Ian. Uh, announced how he had gotten his IoT connected go dice. And yes. I didn't know what the heck these were until I read the thread and it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. cool. You can <laughs> shake the dice and then there's an API that reads what those dice say and then that goes up. So again, if you are maybe a little, sh- uh, you're nearsighted and you can't tell, did somebody just roll six sixes in a row or they're just telling you they did, um, your IoT device could read it and tell you, yes, in fact, they did roll six sixes in a row. Yeah. Thank you, Ian. Love it. All right. Well, with that, Michael, I, I think we looked at our schedule and we saw we've got people and places and stuff and going on. So we may be on a bit of a pre-summer hiatus uh we so i I think we won't be here next week more than likely uh so everybody uh go out and play a game and maybe uh drop us a review with a review of your favorite game over at uh, apple that'll be super fun we'd love to see it all right well with that everyone let's wish you a great day ahead and join us back here again for your next edition of games at work dot biz see ya You've been listening to GamesAtWork.biz, the podcast about gaming, technology, and play. We are part of the Blueberry Podcasting Network, and would like to thank the band Random Encounters for their song, Big Blue. You can follow us on Twitter at GamesAtWork underscore biz, or at our website at GamesAtWork.biz. GamesAtWork.biz.